Right now, they want to talk about human freedom, the importance of freedom, how we measure freedom, how countries compare to one another, whether things are moving in the direction of more freedom or, or less freedom. So that's what the Human Freedom Index does. The latest Human Freedom Index has Canada sliding. And this is interesting and significant because the latest data stems from the year 2020. The year when the pandemic struck. The year when countries responded to COVID-19 and did so through various public health measures. Including measures that arguably restricted freedom. As a result, some things have changed. Canada, for example, has fallen out of the top 10, where we were a mainstay. Canada now ranks 13th. The top 10 countries, Switzerland, New Zealand, Estonia, Denmark, Ireland, Sweden, Iceland, Finland, Netherlands, and Luxembourg. The U.S. uh, also among the countries outside of the top 10. In fact, the U.S. is uh, out of the top 20. So joining us to talk a bit more about how we measure human freedom, why it's important uh, to to recognize what's happening globally and what 2020 represents in this context. Very pleased to welcome to the program uh, here this morning, Fred McMahon, Senior Fellow with the Fraser Institute, uh, one of the authors uh, of this report. You can find more at FraserInstitute.org. Fred, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks for the um, invite again. Great to talk to you again. Let's get an overview, first of all, before we get into the latest report on what the Human Freedom Index is, how you go about measuring and quantifying this the state of freedom around the world. Um, well, we are the first uh, measurement of freedom that we think provides an overall measure. So, for instance, there are lots of measures of freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and so on. And all that is tremendously important, but most of them leave aside economic freedom. And our economic life is probably the majority of our life. So this is a great omission in uh, many freedom indexes. And we also look at um, safety and security. If you can't step outside your door without getting shot, you obviously don't have freedom. You're a prisoner in your own home. So we have the broadest scope for freedom index uh, of any existing. So it, it is an apples to apples comparison. Uh, 2020, and we can talk about the latest uh, report. I mean, 2020 was unique, but all countries were dealing with the same problems. So this was and still is an apples to apples comparison. Uh, yes, exactly. In fact, um, uh, uh, the vast majority of countries in our index experienced a significant decline in freedom, uh, and we think due to the COVID uh, restrictions. The data actually doesn't quite say this caused that reduction in freedom, but when you look at uh, uh, freedom uh, of movement, for instance, where Canada suffered a huge drop, it's clearly related to COVID uh, restrictions. Okay, so the different kind of categories that we're talking about, like you say, freedom of movement, uh, economic freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of association and assembly, all of this gets factored in. Yes, exactly. It's a very broad measure. Okay. And so which were the areas then we saw most impacted in the 2020 data? Uh, The single uh, most impacted area would have been freedom of movement, but there, there were also restrictions on assembly, restrictions on speech in many uh, countries, uh, uh, some degradation of the 
rule of law in a lot of places, including uh, Canada, and increased regulatory uh, restrictions. So it actually occurred uh, in a number of areas. Mm-hmm. Now, Canada slid, but Canada, I'm guessing, was not alone then in, in sliding. No. As I say, the vast majority of countries, um, I forget the exact number, but I think 85%, 90% of countries experienced the decline in freedom. So when we say Canada declines, that also takes into account, uh, when we say Canada declined relative to other nations, that also takes into account their restrictions, uh, COVID-related. Uh, so it implies that Canada's restrictions um, were... Uh, we're, we're larger. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, Canada's been on a bit of a slide for a while, so it's hard to completely disaggregate uh, things. Yeah, well, let's think. If everyone were sliding to the same extent or degree, then, then the rankings would remain the same. So some countries are obviously doing better here than others. Exactly. And Canada uh, had some of the more uh, stringent COVID restrictions. Now, I do want to make clear um, that we are not health specialists. So we make no statement on whether these restrictions were wise or not, whether they saved lives or not, but we measure freedom and they clearly had a negative impact on freedom. So what are the countries that remain in the top 10? What what was it that they were doing right or at least maybe not doing? Well, uh, again, almost all of them had some slides. So there were COVID restrictions uh, everywhere. Uh, But basically, the countries at the top uh, do well in all areas. Uh, They have uh, good uh, freedom of speech, assembly, freedom of religion, uh, and economic freedom. Now, it's quite interesting. uh, People often point to the Nordic countries as being some sort of socialist heaven. In fact, aside from, you know, big government, uh, they're amongst the most economically free uh, in in the world. They have business-friendly regulations, they're open to trade, they have a firm rule of law, so that's why you see countries like Sweden and uh, Denmark in the top ten of overall freedom, and Denmark in particular, the poster country for the Nordic nations, is in the top ten, but is the, the fifth in economic freedom. They actually have a higher level of economic freedom uh, than Canada, hardly a socialist country. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. And in terms of COVID restrictions, I mean, Sweden was kind of known you know, for its, its lighter touch when it came to restrictions, uh, although Denmark seemed to take, you know, more of a, a restrictive approach. So interesting to see, that, you know, those two countries both in the top 10 here. Yeah, it is quite interesting. And countries in fairly similar positions uh, uh, took, uh, took different attitudes towards COVID. You know, the aftermath of COVID is going to be quite fascinating as we try to figure out what worked and what didn't work. And um, the, the, the question on that is, is still out, that the data is beginning to accumulate. Now, there was definitely a contrast, I think, maybe between, you know, the Canadian and the American response, although... You know, the U.S., I think, if you look across the 50 states, did vary considerably. But we see the U.S. further down in these rankings at, at 23. So what, what explains that? Um, a couple things. Uh, one, a deterioration in the rule of law in general. Uh, two, some regulatory uh, problems. 
Uh, and three, remember the United States uh, under Trump went into a huge deficit uh, position. So yeah. its size of government uh, uh, variable had some problems. So with the United States, it was fairly much uh, across the board. And as far as we can judge, their fall from COVID uh, was not that much less than Canada's because, as you know, they had a patchwork all across the country. We look down at the bottom of the list. Now, I guess it's worth noting that North Korea is not included in this because um, I'm sure they would be uh, at probably at the bottom. We've got Syria, Yemen, Venezuela, Iran, Egypt, Sudan, Saudi Arabia. You know, China's uh, in the mix there as well, of course. Um, what are we seeing at the bottom end? Is, is the situation worsening in some of these countries? Oh, yeah. China's been on a bit of a decline for years. We all know what's happening in Russia. When you hit rock bottom... Uh, it's hard to go further down unless you start digging. Uh, and, of course, Venezuela is doing the digging. Um, right. So these are pretty dismal places. What's happened in, in Egypt is tremendously sad. After the hope of the uh, Arab Spring, they made the mistake of, uh, of electing uh, someone from the Muslim Brotherhood by a narrow margin who restricted freedom and then brought on the military dictatorship that's worse than uh, Mubarak's. Uh, the last time I was in Cairo, the whole road in from the airport was lined with middle-aged men in worn suits, and I asked why. I mean, it's a long way in from the airport, and they said, oh, some high government official is doing that, so they bring out all the civil servants to line the road to protect them. It's just become a very bizarre place. Well, some interesting findings this year. The Human Freedom Index, uh, it's up at FraserInstitute.org. Fred, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Make some time for us here today. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.